Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, gals and pals. Game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game. Love the game. Or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the sports gal pal herself, Ramona Rice. Well, hey there, Gal Pal Nation. Welcome to the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help you understand why the sports fans in your life scream at the TV during a game. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sports Gal Pal and, of course, on SportsGalPal.com. And gals and pals, in my ever mission to help bridge the gap between those of us who are crazy nuts wacko about our sports teams and get to the point where when we win it is the best euphoric high and when we lose particularly during postseason like we're in now with baseball we get depressed like legitimately depressed like i'll give you an example galpon nation so you all know i am a huge university of virginia fan go who's 28 days until college basketball cannot wait because football has been awful and we're ranked right now preseason number six. Super excited. Should be higher. I'm really excited. But when we lost last year to Michigan State again in the NCAA final, I literally went into a state of grieving where I was sad and depressed and in denial. And I finally had to accept the fact that we could not score against Tom Izzo and his beady eyes in Michigan State. It's it's really hard. And I and I'm kind of embarrassed that I got depressed. And then I did some research and going, I'm perfectly normal. So to prove that I'm perfectly normal and that a lot of sports fans go through this and to give us some coping mechanisms and also to my non-sports fan listeners, some coping mechanism on how to help your sports fan get through the grief or at least keep some perspective that it really is just a game. I have brought on licensed profession, professional counselor and nationally national certified counselor, John Cordray, onto the podcast to help us get through this because he will help us at least come up with some coping mechanisms so that we maintain our mental stability. So John, welcome to the show. Well, welcome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on your show. This is a very interesting topic and I, I had to say, I can't wait to, to uh, talk to you more about it and, and look at and dive into what, it, what's the mindset of that raving fan of that sports player. And uh, so let's, let's, let's talk about this some. Seriously, I think honestly, and normally I start my episodes of what, what got you into sports, but you are a very <laughs> casual sports fan. And we talked about yes. this off air. You live in the great city yes. of St. Louis and yes. you will follow the St. Louis teams, but you're not necessarily one of those that needs to watch it all the time. Right. Right. And in fact, I'm wearing my Cardinals, uh, hat right now in solidarity because we are no longer in the playoffs. Uh, but that's okay with me, but it's not okay with a lot of people in St. Louis. Um, it, it is, I'm sure in many other States as well in cities that you root for your team and you are all for it. And if they lose, you get angry. And uh, so I, I see it firsthand in my own town with the Cardinals and also with the Rams and the Blues. We have some major um, 
sports teams in our town. And it does. I mean, this, this is just a great topic because it, I don't think we talk about it enough uh, of why we do get so angry when we lose and so euphoric, happy when we, uh, when we win. Yeah, and the euphoria doesn't last very long. I, I wish right. it would last longer. It really doesn't. Like, I feel like the losing lasts forever. Like, I still feel pain thinking about <laughs> that loss in, yeah. you know, March. I mean, I'm yeah. still like, I remember being at the bar. I remember the evil Duke fan behind me laughing. And I was like, Grr. <laughs> I remember sobbing. I remember banishing my husband going, we cannot watch any more college basketball. And he's like, what, what? And I'm like, no, it, it, seriously, March Madness did not exist in my house afterwards. I think he secretly yeah. watched it behind my back. So that's a whole nother podcast of that kind of betrayal. <laughs> but I do. And I wonder if it's different because I actually went to the University of Virginia. So I am... I am a Wahoo. I am a Cavalier. I have a giant diploma and the student loan debt to prove that I went there. (laughs) But even people who didn't necessarily go to a college or have never, you know, we have like, for example, there are tons of like Dallas Cowboy fans who have never even been to the city of Dallas, yet they still identify with the team. And we use pronouns like we, our, Mm -hmm. us, and it's not they. And I'm going, you know, we talk about this, like, I'll talk about like, okay, our team needs to do this. And I'm like, I don't get to make any of these decisions. I am not a coach nor an owner or even a supposed sports expert. So it's interesting how we self-identify with these teams. And I think that's where it starts. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I can remember back in high school, and I, I grew up in a very small rural area, and it was the nearest high school to me. And I remember back back in the 80s, uh, when we were to play against each other, it was enemies. We were enemies, and there was actually fights when when a team would lose, and that's how I, how much they identify with their team. And I think that just kind of grows with them as they get older. You know, you get really involved in a, in, a, in a sport when you're in high school, and then it just kind of follows you into your adult years. And you wouldn't believe it. I actually have couples come to my office for marriage counseling because of sports. Because the husband is so involved in watching their football or whatever sport it is that it takes away the time that they have for their spouse and their family. Uh, so that when you, when you said that identified with the team and that we and I and the pronouns, that is so true. And we tend to do that because, you know, we, we want to win in life. And when we, uh, when we live near or we just pick a, a team that we like and we follow, we want to win. And when the team wins, we feel like we win. So if my team, let's say the Cardinals, if they win the World Series, and I've done that a couple of times, it felt like I was a winner. But a lot of people, when they, they lost just recently – they feel like a loser and, and feel depressed and just down. You can, you can see it on people's faces. You hear in the, the coffee shops that people are just so angry and upset and they'll blame, you know, they'll blame somebody. They'll blame the ums. They'll, they'll look for somebody to blame because they lost. And, and I think what you said just earlier about the identification is so important and so true. And I think we need to really be careful of how, much of a fan we are. Uh, I don't know about you, Ramona, but I know when I go to to uh, to the Cardinals and I watch them, I'll hear hecklers 
and they get so angry and they yell and it, they turn into a different person when they're in their team and rooting for their team and, and, and getting after and, and yelling at the other team. Um, and I, I just see that in sports. It just, there's something about it. <laughs> you know, you, you think of a lot of uh, celebrities, you know, we think the superstars, well, who do they look up to? Well, I look up to the, their sports players. Um, they're, they're all the time rooting for them. So I think we do identify with the sports. And uh, quite frankly, I think we identify a little bit too much. I, I can agree. Um, I will be perfectly, perfectly honest. When I am in Scott Stadium, which is where the University of Virginia plays football, and this football season has not been good at all. In fact, so much so that we actually have season tickets, and I will not be going to this weekend's game. One, because I have a ton to do. Um, a little side note, John and I are both part of Chris Ducker's Youpreneur um, community, and I have some accountability Ooh. goals. I have you. Uh, so Ducker just got um, a free plug there. Not that he needs it. Um, but, not that he needs it at all. But um, I have accountability goals I have to do. So I'm being very responsible adult and not going um, to watch really bad football. But if the Virginia were playing really well, I got to be honest with you, John, I would be in Charlottesville this weekend. I absolutely <laughs> would. I would be working like in the car on my laptop, <laughs> getting stuff oh, I need funny. done, and then all the way back. Um, but yeah, I would sacrifice time in my, you know, kind of side hustle I'm working on while I'm, I'm in the entrepreneur community to watch sports. Now it's easy for me because they are really terrible that I'm like, you know, I'm going to make the choice <laughs> instead to stay home and save the time. And and also, you know, I, I will, I have said before, and I said in my very first episode, I've mentioned, uh, you know, I became a serious sports fan, honestly, to connect with my husband. I didn't want to be that sports widow that was, you know, didn't understand or couldn't stay. You know, I said, I'm going to learn. And I luckily had a dad who kind of taught me a little bit about sports. And I was into it a little bit. And I'm in an area with a ton of high school football. So I knew that. But my husband will watch curling willingly or bowling or golf. So I, I knew I had to at least understand why he loved it so much. And he's not um, a super nutso fan. Like he's very calm and rational and he lets it roll off his back. Whereas I take it personally. So it's very interesting. Our two dynamics, he's very relaxed and chill and like, okay, we lost. All right, move on. Whereas I, again, like I said, I, I have temper tantrums and won't let people watch basketball in the house. So it, it's very interesting, but I did that to connect with him. I did that because willingly yeah. saying, you know what, this is what he loves to do. And this is something we can do together because for me, John, it's, it's something that doesn't have to do with like our bills or our kids or our work. It's, it's something we could do together and vacations are surrounding sports and our best moments are when we're stuck in a car driving to a game because we've got three uninterrupted hours where he can't be on his phone. So, you know, it's worked for my marriage and it's also cathartic for me to be in a stadium and screaming like a nutso person because you're too tired afterwards to scream at anybody else. (laughs) But at the same time, sometimes I'm embarrassed by my behavior in the, in the stadium looking back (laughs) going, those are not the best words I could have chose at that moment. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think you bring up a good point. I mean, there's two sides of every coin. You know, we can talk about the negative side effects, but there are some really positive side effects like you just shared. You know, it connects you and your husband. That's something that you can do together. And that's something I encourage couples when they come to see me in my office. Uh, but there's also those those uh, couples that if one's too involved and the other one doesn't really want to get involved in their sport, then it really does separate them. It divides them uh, for weeks on end. 
Yeah. And that's a problem. And I, I've addressed that on my podcast a lot. You know, I, I tell mm. some of the strategies I tell my sports widows is I say, you know, take a look at if you know your team, your husband is really into a certain sport and a certain team, take a look at that schedule and ask him, what are the most important games? Like what are, and don't tell me all of them because they never are, but what are the really big ones? And the really big ones honor that, that it, it matters to him. Cause I think a lot of times sports fans, there's a great Buzzfeed video. That's hilarious about a guy who's not into sports and he's got this girlfriend who really is. And so it shows the different sides of, but he's really into like game of Thrones and it shows basically they're basically the same thing. They're both both silly about it. But it brings up a good point that, you know, when the non-sports fan feels like it's trivial and doesn't acknowledge the fact that, you know, when your team loses, it is real pain. It's real emotional pain. Um, I have felt it. Many fans have felt it. I mean, you know, we're dealing with that right now with postseason or people whose teams are not doing as well as they like. And, you know, you couple that with maybe some stress at work or stress in marriage and it can feel like the world's against you. So, you know, and you feel like I just need a win. So when you're team wins it's like okay i gotta win and i feel like non-sports fans people who aren't into it don't really appreciate the fact that you know when they belittle it it does hurt it would hurt my feelings a lot if i had a a life partner that said oh that doesn't matter it's just a game or you didn't actually play And, and i'm like no it does matter to me this is something important to me so you know i think that's important for wives particularly i mean we're gonna stereotype but the non-sports fan to understand that this is important to the person but at the same time sports fans Again, like I said, sometimes you have to prioritize and say, you know, I would really like to go to this event and watch this event, but, you know, maybe I have to do something else. And that's okay because the team will go on without you. Mm-hmm. That is so true. And uh, that, I think you bring up some really good points there uh, that if you are a spouse and maybe you're not as involved in the sports, then look ahead and just communicate. Just talk about it and because I think uh, there's always – um, there are, there's always compromise that you can make and it's going to be so important, especially during, uh, the seasons where, whether it's basketball or baseball or football, whatever, whatever season it is, you know, if you have a spouse that's really involved or maybe a good friend that is so uh, involved in a, and they kind of crowd everything out and, and they don't, uh, want to do anything else but watch. And maybe you're the friend that, man, I wish I can just do something with it. Well, really make an effort to move toward that person and do some research and I mean, be open about it and communicate. Uh, don't, don't uh, not say anything and be bitter about it and get angry. That, that doesn't help anything. Yeah. And again, and be sympathetic when their team loses, be excited mm-hmm. for them when their team wins, but don't go overboard. And then the sports right. fans, same thing. When your team loses, don't don't have a pity party like I did. Because I got to tell you, John, <laughs> I, it put in perspective, I think it was episode 15 where I talk about it. I had a very good friend pass away this summer. He was a very oh. big sports fan. And I was very, I mean, because it was just, I mean, I, I was grieving. And I said in that episode, it was funny, I listened to it today to get ready for this show. And I said, I'm like, what a brat am I to equate this kind of grieving with that? Because mm. nothing feels like this. And I'm still... Mm not over it. You know what I mean? And it put in perspective of, you know, no, that's what real grief is. Like when you yeah. lose someone like that, that's grief. Yeah. The basketball will move on because we get to play basketball again. I don't get to see my friend again. So mm-hmm. it, it, it puts it in perspective. And I think sometimes I feel like honestly, and it's funny because fantasy sports have become so popular now that we lose ourselves in it. it. It's very similar to anybody who maybe plays like I equate it to like Dungeons and Dragons, or even if you watch like reality TV shows or any kind of kind of escape, it's an escape. 
really from real life. Like I said, you know, for my husband and I, it has nothing to do with our children or our work or any of those things that stress us out. It's just sheer like escapism. So I think mm-hmm. that's part of it too. Well, no, there's no doubt about it. Uh, if you're not really involved in sports, you're probably involved or passionate about something, whether it's a movie or TV or, or some other hobby. We need that. We need things to be interested in. We need things to emotionally, psychologically to get us connected. So sports are a very good thing. And, you know, this is a very good thing for our, our emotional and mental health. But sometimes we can, just like with anything in life, we can go overboard and we can be just go nuts as you, as you put it and, you know, tear things. You know, I, I was in college and I remember uh, my, where, where I went to college, they won. It was a huge game and there was a riot and everybody was so excited and they tore things and they vandalized and fire was going on uh, in the roads, in the streets and because they won. Well, that's going a little bit too much. That's a little too nuts. You don't want to go that far. But it's a good thing to get connected. It's a good thing to be involved. Uh, I mean, people all from many, many years, for many years, uh, have used similar things to uh, for into entertainment and to enjoy. And that, and that can be a very good stress reliever. But when it goes a little bit too far, it actually produces stress. And if you are just really, really stressed out and anxious about your team not winning or maybe they're behind and you just can't take it and you get sick and it just really ruins your day if they lose and you have to call in the work and, <laughs> and, not, and not go to work because they lost. You know, that's probably a good indicator. It's a symptom that maybe you need to kind of pull back the reins a little bit and calm down and not go too overboard with it. What are some of the coping mechanisms, especially now that we're in postseason baseball, but it's similar to, again, when we get into playoffs for both college and for um, football, for playoffs for basketball, you know, what are some coping mechanisms that, you know, sports fans can use to get over? You don't want to have the temper tantrum like I did. We want to be good sports. I'm not always. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get really Mm -hmm. grumpy. Um, My Twitter feed, by the way, is not suitable for work after a loss of one of my teams. It's just (laughs) not. And I'm learning to um, be better about that. But um, I'm not exactly the, the best person. So what are some things that like someone like me, who's very passionate about our teams and sports can do instead um, to hopefully mitigate um, the damage to relation, personal relationships. <laughs> okay. That's, that's a good question. Um, well, I would say, I think so often we have these high expectations. We go into a game and we just expect our teams to win. We expect our players, the, our favorite players to be on the their top of their game. So we have already before the game even starts, we have these high expectations. And when those expectations are not met, that's when we start getting angry. And when that favorite player that we're watching and we're following and they don't have a very good game. And let's face it, a lot of guys that we don't have, we're not perfect. No one's perfect. But when you go into a game and you expect them to be perfect and they're not, that gets you mad. So I would say that one of the first things I would say is don't have such high expectations on individual players. Of course you want your team to win. Of course. But go into it with, uh, well, we might not. And try to tell yourself, focus on the positive, and something I always say in my practice, try to focus on the positive more than the negative, and just try to go in into it with saying, 
I'm just going to have fun and enjoy it. And I'm not going to have these huge expectations and just tell yourself, okay, if my team loses, if my player doesn't do well, I'm not going to get mad. So you, you kind of tell yourself ahead of time before you even go in. Uh, so, and just have a, a plan uh, before you go in and just, you have to be mindful uh, that your team is not going to win every single time. And then ask yourself, okay, how do I want to act? <laughs> what, I, I want to be, think before I speak. So <laughs> I, I, I'm I, laughing because that's a good rule just in life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just, so it's just think, a good life rule, kids. Yeah. So when you're in the stands and you want, you're, and inside you're just so angry and you're boiling and you have something that you want to say, maybe you want to curse at the ump or, or maybe the other player. Well, think before you say that, you know, don't forget there are people around you as well. And so your attitude can actually affect the people around you. And, and usually if you're sitting in the stands, they're all rooting for the same people most of the time. And so just try to go into it, not having these huge expectations and uh, really try to think before you speak or think before you do. And you have to kind of, Talk yourself through this before the game even starts, um, because you don't want to. You don't want to be that person. We all know that person that's in the stands, and they're they're just ridiculous. They get drunk, or you know, people really get hurt uh, because they're not thinking before they do, or they're not thinking before they speak. Uh, so I would say that's probably the biggest thing. Just try to go into it, talk to the person that you're maybe a friend or your spouse that you're going with, and just say, hey, can you? Before we even get in there, can you kind of help me keep me accountable that I'm not going to go crazy? <laughs> maybe maybe a, oh a pat on the shoulder or something uh, just to remind me to get my, my, my head in the game, so to speak. So I'm not going to act like a ridiculous fool. It's very good advice. Um, I will try that. <laughs> I can't promise anything. <laughs> it's like, if I don't get angry, if they are bad, then I'm not a true fan. But And I know that's ridiculous because – I see my husband and he just is like, okay. And yeah, he'll boo and he'll call up ref, you know, refs when they make bad calls. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that's part of the experience. But he also, again, he lets it go and he's like, okay, I had a great day with my wife. Whereas I'm like, oh, we did this and da 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 da. And he's well, all like healthy, like mentally going, no, we had a great day with my wife and my friends. I got to tailgate. It was awesome. I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> well, I, I think the other thing is that we take it personal. And, and so try not to take things personally if they do a bad job or you're yelling at them and they're not doing what you want them to do. Don't take it personal uh, because I think that's when we, we start to react. We don't want to react. You know, we want to react into other things, you know, the good things. We want to root and we want to cheer and it's okay to boo. That's okay because that's part of the process. That's part of the game. Uh, but you gotta, you got to have a, a head check. You know, check yourself before you get kind of cross that line, if you will all very good things now on the other side of the coin the non-sports fan that is dealing with either in the middle of they don't understand why especially postseason why particularly Mets and Cub fans and you know everybody else um why they must watch like all the baseball and then listen to all the recaps and watch all the the ESPN and the Fox sports and listen to all the sports radio and listen to the sports gal pal everyone should listen to the sports gal pal (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> but you know, what are some methods? Like what I've told people is number one, find a hobby that happens the same time as sports does. So enjoy yourself. That's a good time to have a little me time. Go get a massage, go to the nail salon, go to the gym, you know, take the kids for a movie or out to the park, find some other friends and hang out with brunch is great mm-hmm. and leave him alone. Mm-hmm. Because he's really happy. Leave him some snacks. And, you know, it's kind of like leaving dog kibble in the bowl. And, you know, just let him go. Um, Or, again, join in. At least, if nothing else, sit there on the couch and read a book while he's watching. Because I think that, particularly men, they don't necessarily – it's funny. I forget who I heard this from. But, like, men can be in, like, for hours um, with each other and never talk and be perfectly okay. Like it's in, in yep. your nature, not every guy, but, but it's, it's true. Right. Whereas women, right. we need to feel the side, feel the silence. But, but for men, I think if you have a guy that just likes sports, just be in the near presence of him and he'll be super happy. You don't have to yes. actually get involved. Yeah. So again, I, what I would say is try not to think of the negative and the negative in this case would be my, my spouse or my friend is spending way too much time watching sports. So that's focusing on the negative. But instead, I, I think you bring up a really good point. Maybe try to learn a little bit yourself. Maybe not stay the entire game, but if you were just to encourage your spouse and just say, hey, so tell me who's the best player or just ask some good questions. You don't have to know everything about that sport, but I think if you just ask some questions, you would encourage your spouse and then You'll, you'll receive that back. You'll, your, your spouse then will, will encourage you to go get that massage or, you know, go, go to the movie. And that is, that's part of it. And, and especially those, uh, those, uh, those people who wait all year for this moment, right? This is their moment. This is their year. And they're really excited. And so if you're not into sports, I think that's okay. I'm not comp- real into sports, but I enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy watching, but I would say try to move towards that person who really is uh, and, and the person who really is involved in the sports, try to move towards the non-sports fan as well. Uh, so if you can do that, I think it's going to help your relationship and, and talk about it. I'm a big fan of communicating before the time. So don't talk about it on the Saturday or the day of the sport of the team when, it, when they're playing. Talk about it ahead of time, what you're going to do, plan out your schedule. Um, so, you know, know when the halftime is and do something fun. So there's a lot of things that you can do, but the one thing I would say not to do is to focus on the negative, because if you do that, it's going to drive a wedge between you and your spouse and you don't want that. Absolutely. And know when to ask the question. So if it's in the middle of a game, don't ask a question in the middle of a play. The sports fan is going to get really annoyed. I really dislike that because I want to Mm -hmm. patience to play. But when the action stops and there's a pause, ask me because I want to answer. And I guarantee you, you ask the questions. It's so funny when I have men on my show and I get this all the time. Your husband's the luckiest guy because he has a wife completely nuts in sports. And I'm like, well... (laughs) <laughs> it depends on the day. Um, I'll give you an example, John. So, um, and a lot of my listeners know the story. Sorry, listeners, I'm going to tell John. Anyway, so um, my husband is a big Notre Dame fan, and Notre Dame came to the University of Virginia for the first time in forever and played us this year. And I acted like a total brat, but he knew I was going to do this. I wouldn't let him use our season tickets. We had bought, purchased other tickets, so he was able to go. So he had to sit in another section. He rode in a separate car. I didn't really acknowledge him at all. 
uh, <laughs> during the game because I was like, because <laughs> he normally comes in my colors. I'm like, wait a minute, I don't understand those colors. So, you know, I, but I think he kind of liked the fact that I stuck to my guns. And so my sister uh-huh. came with me instead and, and sat in our section. We had a good time, so we lost. But that's a whole other thing. And that was that's the worst <laughs> kind of loss, John, because we were like 12 seconds away from upsetting Notre Dame. And that would have been Ooh. fantastic. And I would have had that when yeah. we, we messed up. Those are the worst. It's like I am and the blowout source. Actually, every loss source is not not a good. It's like, like people are like, oh, it's a moral loss. No, there's no such thing. A loss is a loss is a loss. Just acknowledge it. But I will say, you know, people claim, you know, guys will say, oh, he's so lucky. I'm like, no, he's not because, you know, when you have a crazy other sports nut, one of you has to be the calm, rational one and calm down the other one when your teams aren't doing well. So, mm-hmm. and then when both of your teams aren't doing well, it's like it's a mess. So, you know. <laughs> The grass is not always greener, fellas. Enjoy the right. fact that your wife may not be into it because it forces you to not focus on it all the time. Because, like, again, with my husband and I both being into it, ESPN's on 24-7. And that, sometimes, it can be a little much. Um, so just just be <laughs> thankful for what you have and appreciate whatever your partner can bring to the relationship. And, again, to my non-sports fans, if you want to learn more, there are great resources. I learned how really about football by checking out at the library football for dummies how he long wrote it it's a very good book do not be embarrassed ask questions ask your guy questions he'll be super excited that you're even interested like ask one of three four defenses and his eyes will get really big and then he'll really explain it and he'll be super excited and the other thing i suggest john is espn now is doing some great documentary series like those 30 for 30s those are great to watch together because it's not necessarily a sports story i mean there's sports involved but it's really you know society story because what I love about sports in particular, and we were talking about this off air, is that, you know, it really is kind of a chasm of society. And you can talk about a lot of things. For example, a couple of years ago, we were talking about Ray Rice and domestic violence. And it brought up some really good questions, I thought, um, you know, with the Patriots cheating scandal. It brought up really good questions of, well, is this cheating? And what is the pre- correct punishment for this? And how do we as a society react to this? So, you know, sports can bring up these great conversations with your spouse that you may not normally have because my husband and I, we had a really good conversation when the Ray Rice thing was going on about domestic violence. I mean, we're raising a daughter and I asked him, I'm like, How, what would you have told her, you know, this woman as she's marrying this man who punched her in the face in the elevator and dried her out? And it brought up some great discussion points. So, you know, like I said, take the positives that you can do. And turn it into something, maybe a good conversation or an experience for your family. You know, it's not all bad. Absolutely it's not. It's just like anything in life. If, if, if it's too much, you, you could do anything too much and it could be bad. But just get a no win is too much. I mean, that, that's that's the key. And, and communicate and talk and, and allow the sports to bring the two of you together. And that's the real reason. You know, you, you mentioned that a little bit ago. Um, you know, the, the real thing with its relationships and you talked about your friend that passed away and, and I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, but life is more important than winning or losing. I mean, it really is. And so if you can come together with your spouse and lose together and be down together, that's okay. But don't, but don't go overboard. You know, the, I, I think it's important to have, um, the two people to hold each other accountable. Uh, so it is, it's good. It's a good thing, but too much of a good thing could be a negative. So we got to be, be mindful of that. All right. So just like eating too much ice cream, 
too much sports. Yes. At least the wrong, um, you know, levels of being involved in sports can be too much. Because, again, that can lead to depression. It can lead to anger. Right. It can lead to violence. I mean, and we've seen yep. that. Um, yep. Perfect example is the Cubs are now getting further and further into postseason play. Poor Steve Bartman, um, I believe it was 2007. You know, he goes like any fan would for a ball and it, you know, completely supposedly messes up the Cubs chances of getting further in the postseason and getting into the World Series. And that guy, I mean, that crowd turned on him so quickly. Oh, sure. Um I, I he had PTSD, I believe afterwards they said, um, and I can only imagine. And he's still in Chicago and someone um I read somewhere that there were fans trying to do like a crowd fire or crowdfunding so that they could buy him tickets to go to the game. And he's like, I don't ever want to go again. And that's the mm. worst thing that could happen. I think is yes. that something obviously he loved and he cared about. He, you know, it, it just forever changes. Yeah. So just know that, you know, I guess my biggest takeaway from this is, um, you know, our actions have consequences, good or bad. Mm. And we have mm. to think about that before we act or speak Yes. And, and that's the key. Think about it. Think about how you're going to act and behave before you go to the game or before you turn that TV on or the, or the radio. You know, Think about how you want to act in front of your kids and your spouse before you watch the sport. Or what you type on Twitter. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yes. Social media. Yes. Yeah. We, we are definitely there yes. now, aren't we? <laughs> we are there now. Yeah. And actually, um, gals and pals, if you ever want to see fun, um, you know, if you if you want to, most Sundays and Saturdays, I am on Twitter live tweeting during games as I'm watching them on TV and my reactions. So and I do interact with fans that way. It's a lot of fun. Um, I love it. But at the same time, I have to be careful because you never know who's watching. Um, so anyway, well, John, I think that all these tips are great. And you're absolutely right. I'm going to attempt to add those in as, again, my football season for both my teams has not been the brightest. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, my Philadelphia Eagles can overcome and get past whatever crazy that happened the first couple weeks here in Virginia. Well, it's basketball starts very soon. So, but John, you have a podcast in your own right where you go over yeah. a lot of different cool issues. Um, I've listened to it. It's very good. You want to tell us about it, about it? Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I host my own show and it's my own name, the John Cordray show. I thought long and hard on that name. Um, but as a, as a, a licensed therapist, the reason why I, I started my podcast is I really wanted to help more people feel better about life, more than that, that come into my office. And I, I was thinking a podcast might be the way to do that. And it's been a, a great ride. I'm sure you can attest how fun uh, being that you're a host of a podcast show is. It's, it's just so much fun. And, and my show is all about emotionally healthy living. You know, I talk about anxiety, I talk about depression, I talk about relationships and marriage, things that we can relate to about life and parenting. So whatever you're struggling with with life, I want to talk about it. Uh, and so I just really enjoy, I, I, I have episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays that come out. And I'm going to be interviewing some other therapists as well and get their perspective and, and listen to their story uh, because I think we all have a story. And how we use that story to help other people, that's the impact. That's what I want to hear. And that's kind of what my show is all about. Yeah, and I can personally attest, um, John is not my therapist, but um, I've never told this <laughs> on, the sh on the show. He's not. Um, but I, I will admit on the show, I actually am diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. 
And okay. it's really brave of me to even share that with people because a That's lot of times awesome. people don't understand what that is. And what happens is, at least for me, when I have what I call an attack or a tizzy, that's that's what we call it here at the house, is mm-hmm. you literally, everybody will tell you, you need to calm down, you need to calm down. And in your mind, you're going, I want nothing else but to calm down, but you literally yeah. can't. It's like a snowball right. and you just, your mind wraps into rounds of things. And that's why it, with me in sports, um, sometimes it can be very good because I get all that anxiousness out and sometimes sure. it can be really bad. It, it, it's hard. Um, but, you know, I think the more that people like myself and others admit, you know what, we go to therapy regularly, I take um, medication for this and it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing yeah. wrong with me. I just have this one issue. I'm still pretty awesome. You know, I just have to be aware of it and I let the people know in my life about it so they don't, they don't take it personally when I react in a certain way because it, I really can't help it. I mean, I've gotten better. I've gotten much, much, much right. better. But just me admitting it on the podcast is huge <laughs> because I've, awesome. never, I've never told anybody. I don't tell anybody is, because it's just not, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. Well, I know this is this is a show about sports, but you bring it up, and I, as a therapist, I've got to talk about the anxiety just a little bit. Sure. Um, it is amazing to me the shame and the stigma that people have with anxiety or depression or any mental health uh, struggle that they have. I have many clients that come to see me in my office, and I'll just say anxiety, and they suffer from anxiety for so long, all of their lives, and they've never told a soul, not even to their spouse. And I'm often the first time that they have told that they have anxiety or, or, or a disorder. And I, one of the first things I tell people, and I say this all the time on my show, you need to tell somebody because it's nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, I, I encourage you to use that, uh, that struggle in a way that helps other people. And Ramona, you are. You are helping other people. You just admitted that you have an anxiety disorder, and yet you are a host of a podcast talking to complete strangers, and you admitted it. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners struggle with anxiety as well. And so you are helping other people out of your struggle. And and, and that's what my show is all about, is to help people and encourage people I had this little nickname I call myself. I'm your CEO, your chief encouragement officer, because I think we need encouragement. We need to to hear that it's okay to go to a therapist. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to take medication if you need to. Uh, and so, you know, that's that's my passion, and that's why I got started in podcasting, uh, because I want to share and spread that message as much and as far and wide as I can. So I really, really am proud of you, Ramona, for saying that and for admitting that on your show, because that takes a lot of guts. Yeah, it's getting more comfortable. Um, You know, I've been diagnosed since, what is it, like 2010? So it's been like five years. Um, And it it gets a little easier to explain to people. And I think now, you know, in the last couple of years, I I feel like we're having more honest conversations about mental Mm -hmm. health in our country for various reasons. You know, Mm -hmm. whether it is a famous celebrity like Robin Williams taking his own life you know, mm-hmm. to unfortunately, um, you know, all the um, mass shootings that are happening or even just, again, people's reaction to sports. I mean, that's a 
prime example of, you know, looking at the mom mentality and going, you know, a rational person all of a sudden does something nuts. And so, um, you know, for me, it, it gets easier and it's not really something I like to, you know, lead off a conversation with, Hey, by the way, I've got this, but I I remember when I started the job I'm in now, uh, one of the first things I did tell my boss when I finally got hired, I let her know, you know, I have this. So in case you ever notice me doing anything nuts or, and I say that because my personality is I joke about it because that's my coping mechanism is like Mm -hmm. to make a joke out of it. Um, But it is a very serious condition. And, um, you know, by telling her that she's able to like, for example, um, her emails to me are very matter of fact. And so I finally told her, I'm like, that's a trigger for me because I feel like I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. So, and then I get anxious about it. And then that's all I think about for like, you know, entire days before I get the courage right. to tell you. And so now she realizes, okay, certain things she has to put more details in. And and she realized that. So it's able to help me and her and our relationship together. And and that's very helpful. So that's why I'm saying this is why you need to tell people. It's not to give yourself an excuse for your bad behavior. Just because I have something doesn't mean I get to have a temper tantrum. Absolutely not. Right. But it does right. allow people to understand maybe why I do the things I do. Um, and it helps me so that they can say, okay, you're having a moment. Do you need a break? Do you need to go mm-hmm. in a quiet place? Do you need to do whatever it is you do? And I do a lot of different things, not just the medication, but like sure. one thing, if you're dealing with anxiety, I don't, I'm sure you tell your people all this all the time, and this is way off. So we're going to keep it in because it's good. <laughs> I actually have I think, what I call I my to, anxious you journal. You need to come on my show. I know I should. Um, talk. <laughs> I'm anxious about, I literally write down everything that I'm, I am anxious about at that moment. And it, it sometimes lists really long, so it's not. And then what I do is I cross off the things I cannot control. And it's amazing when you do that. It's like it puts in perspective of going, okay, like I'm anxious about like UVA's, um, you know, football season. Well, I can't do anything about that. I literally can do nothing about that crosses that off the list you know so i mean just just little things like that and then that way you can see and prioritize okay are there things that i can do you know if i'm anxious because i'm running late to work well then i can set up my day so that you know what i lay out my clothes at night and it makes it easier so it's those kind of things it's basically just living john i mean that's 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 how i cope with it and it's just setting myself up for success rather than failure. So if you're dealing with stuff like this, again, John's podcast is great. I listen to it regularly now um, because, again, we've become pals in the Youpreneur community. Again, Chris Ducker, yeah. you owe me, like, at least a, a scotch or something. I don't drink scotch. Bourbon. <laughs> well, no, that's certainly a scotch. Hmm. Gin and tonic. That's what, There we go. Uh, <laughs> next time I see him in the States. Nice. But, yeah, um, you know, that's the thing about, you know, admitting when you have something like this, it's okay. And that's what I really want to encourage my listeners to go. It's okay. If you need help, there's great professionals out there um, that can help you and get you through this and at all different price ranges. Don't be afraid to ask for some help. Even if it's something as simple as you, maybe you and your spouse need to go to counseling for a little bit to help you help you guys communicate so you can watch more football. That's not a bad thing. Right. Right. That's exactly right. And and I think what, what you just said about your anxiety is you have a plan, right? You you have a plan, you know, you talk to people, you communicate to them, you have a plan, you know what to do. You think before you do, it's exactly what we just talked about, about going into a game. It's just a different topic, but it's kind of the same type. You, You have a plan before you go watch the game and communicate with the people around you. It's not rocket science, but it's helpful. It's very helpful. It is very helpful because, again, sometimes it's the simplest things that can make the biggest difference. So, John, yes. if the um, if Galpal Nation would like to learn more about you and your podcast, where should they go? Well, they can find me on iTunes. 
uh, with uh, look up the John Cordray show. I'm also on Stitcher Radio if you uh, prefer that uh, as opposed to iTunes. Uh, you can also go to my website at johncordray.com. And right on the homepage, I have all my archives. And you can uh, listen to an episode or you can even um, forward a particular episode to someone else that you care about. So if I'm talking about anxiety, for instance, and you know somebody that you or that experiencing anxiety, you can send that particular episode right to them. And uh, so I'd encourage you to do that if you like. Absolutely. And again, all the um, links to John will be on my show notes at blogtalkradio.com for slash sports gal pals that you can check him out. And again, I know this is not our normal kind of sports gal pal episode, but I think this is really important as again, we are examining, you know, what makes sports fans fanatics. And one of the things we need to understand is that, again, you know, I am very passionate about my sports and my teams, but there is a time and a place for it. I'm not allowed to have, a, you know, a complete meltdown about my team if I'm saying at my you know a board meeting at work or at church or at my child's school there's a perspective mm-hmm. and that you know everything in life no matter how much we love it needs to have its limits so John thank you so much for coming on this is great insight and um, again if I get more questions from my audience we might have you come back I would love to Ramona thank you so much for having me on it's been a pleasure a lot of fun getting to know you and, and to be able to come and, and talk to your listeners. So I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.